Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Liz Loza. We got Matt Harmon, of course. Producer Brett is not stressed at all, leading us forward as always. (laughs) And of course, football is back, which means there's tons of drama to open the season. We're going to start with something that I think fantasy owners should be happy about. Zeke finally signed. And um, not only did he get paid, we'll give you more on that in a second, but he, much to the glory of Tequila Hawkers, became the highest paid running back in NFL history, set to earn $15 million per year for six years. That's $90 million for those of you who aren't quick on the math. With $50 million guaranteed. Good luck standing at the end of those six years, if you even make it that long, because there's a lot of loopholes that'll let the Cowboys out of this. But that's another show. Matt, do you think this is a relief to most fantasy owners? You would hope so, despite the Tony Pollard pumping up that you and I are both guilty of <laughs> having done in the last few weeks and days. I mean, I yeah, I know that everyone immediately like wants to know what kind of touch, you know, what kind of touch. Who's going to have an elite one? I don't know, man. Like, what do you, what this is this is what you want, right? Yeah, you want the star running back back in the building, You've, especially if you drafted him in July, like some people. Yeah, and oh. and I, I mean, honestly. If you ended up taking him at four or, you know, and you were brave enough, God, you know, God forbid if like you ended up being one of those people that that, that are in a draft where he slips to like eight overall or something, you you should be dancing. You've got to be the guy who like took him, took Todd Gurley ahead of. Oh, if you're you're the person that took, you know, David Johnson ahead of Zeke Elliott, you're the person who took, you know, Andre Hopkins. Not that these players won't be good, too. Oh, I mean, I don't. I hope there are no humans out there that did that. But I mean, yeah, this is great. Like, also, by the way, begrudging hats off to Dallas and Jerry Jones that they've been able to take the Zeke who thing. Did you see this? And they've turned it into a shirt now that they're marketing uh, from their team shop. It says Zeke who on the back. And then it's got a picture of Zeke, you know, eating money or something on the and, back, you know, doing some move and, and like that's who or whatever. So hats off. They took a content, like just another piece of proof that like we spend all this. And this is the beauty of week one, right? Is like we, we, is all, we spend all offseason talking about these theories, conjectures about what things could look like, and then it just gets blown to shit, uh so quickly within the first few minutes of the first few games. And I felt really good about this one, though, because I I kept saying he's going to sign on Wednesday. Yeah, we, he's uh, going to sign on Wednesday. And I, I mean, I was starting to get nervous myself. I think like, you and I have been in lockstep that yeah. we thought he was going to be out there 
week one. And sure, you go ahead and you 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 get excited about Tony Pollard as insurance. But you know, I I said this in a video segment that we did this week. Like, if you drafted Tony Pollard and you went too high, like, sorry about your luck, but this is what you should have been expecting all along. Also, not so bad. Yeah. Like, we don't know what kind of condition. Let's talk about this. Yes. That Zeke is going to be in. We don't know how many touches he's going to get. I'm going to we, we, let's talk about the report from the NFL Network's Jane Slater. She said Zeke is expected to get 20 to 25 quote reps now. I'm going to assume she meant touches and in the flurry of tweeting, misspoke or mistyped. I also feel like that's not at all accurate. There is no, no way no, you are going to yeah. convince me that Dallas, especially after all of these smoke and mirrors job, is is going to give away their offense in week one, especially to a division rival as puny as that division rival, the New York Giants, maybe. Yeah, they want to come out and make a big statement. They're you know. going to send him like a confetti parade and then he's going to be on the field for like two series. Yeah, right. <laughs> and again, I come back to the example that I've made a couple times now is the, the like worst case scenario is Le'Veon Bell, 2017, who rejoined the Steelers on September 4th, 2017, after holding out the entire offseason. He goes out week one against a division rival in the Browns. Uh, Yeah, I mean, not just because I Googled it right now before I said it. (laughs) Um, Because all this time I'm thinking, I keep referencing this, I should probably know the exact date. But, you know, third time I'm saying it is the charm. Uh, And he goes out and gets 10 carries, three catches. Like, that is within the range of outcomes for Zeke. But, like, I know there are people out there that have takes on start your studs. studs it's not, yeah. not a good piece of analysis, whatever. Just what are you going to do? I, I thought you said this brilliantly a couple episodes oh, ago. Wow. Which on. is, like, you, if you play Zeke, you're probably lowering your ceiling expectations. Therefore, be a smart fantasy player. This is what you should be doing with your lineup every week. If you're going to make one decision that lowers your ceiling in another spot in your lineup, I think you said in the flex, like maybe go for a higher upside player, something like that. So, you know, instead of starting your Jarvis Landry, you start a Will Fuller, just random example, or a John Brown or somebody, you know, that you have that ceiling with because you're probably sacrificing a little bit of it with Z. I also feel like you have to think, I mean, we are fantasy football managers. So that means we get to think like actual football coaches, GMs, etc. And when I look at the matchup, PFF rated the Giants run defense a bottom 10 unit heading into this season. Why in the world are you going to risk a player that you are spending 50 million guaranteed dollars on injury in a very tight Super Bowl window? Because let's also be clear about the fact that now that you paid Zeke, good luck paying your defense moving forward. Like this is it. This is they tight. are yeah. all it's in a tight situation. Gotta happen right now. And if he pulls a hamstring or something, you're screwed. So Tony Pollard has looked good in the preseason. Get the kid some reps. Get him some real-life experience. If, God forbid, something were to happen, Zeke, at least he's not completely new to the game. And do it in a matchup that you know you can win against a defense that's not going to give you much trouble. Totally. And if you are a Tony Pollard drafter, I I did tweet that out about Darwin Thompson and uh, Tony Pollard. Their drafters are now together in, in the cone of misery or whatever. Oh, um, it's not misery, it, though. It's, I'm, I'm making fun of it okay. a little because it's really not. Like, that's the thing. Don't go out and be, like, rage-dropping Tony Pollard now because it's— <laughs> I a, love that. But it's so—I mean, people all up in the mentions are, are talking about rage-dropping Tony Pollard. Look, like, you have— a guy that maybe even has some week one usability. If we're expecting Zeke yeah. to get a, a slower workload, those touches are going to go to Pollard. Let's count it. How many do you think? I'm going to say right now, 16 touches for Zeke and 11 for Pollard. So I think 10 to 12 total touches for for, for, um, Zeke. for Zeke. Okay, and whatever else is left over. Yeah, that's that's for going Tony's so another way. like. 
10 to 12. Sure. And I, I think just also like, again, this is this is what you should be having on your bench. Don't be like, oh, man, do I go, you know, drop Tony Pollard for Frank Gore? Like, no, you want to have oh, a guy Christ. like like Tony Pollard on your bench in case Hyde. Carlos Hyde. Bring the bleeps out. It's week one, baby. Oh. Tony Pollard, it should be on your bench because he's a high upside stash. Same with Darwin Thompson. So, yes, you're a little bit because about two weeks ago, it was like, man, I might have the Chiefs, you know, 1B and the Cowboys 1B and like, I'm feeling good. Now, you've got some stashes now, but hold on to them. Things can get better. You mentioned a lot of Bs. So let's talk about the receivers, but I don't want to talk about the player whose last name begins with a B first. I want to talk about OBJ, who it is football season. Guess what? He ain't feeling good. <laughs> I know. And I have a hot take about Odell later uh, in our in our next few segments, but uh, or a hyperbolic prediction, should I say, when we uh, welcome our guest I mean, on the show. Some of our listeners might need to Google that word, but cool. I'm with you. Nevertheless, uh, I think overall, I'm not I'm not too worried about this because like, because this is how he does it. Because this is how it happens, right? <laughs> but like, also, again, I'm I'm not gonna. This is the thing I found a little. I, I will I will say that you know, waking up this morning to the news of another wide receiver and his BS, um, I'm like, man, I'm just ready for the games to start. And I had that same feeling when reading the Odell news in the afternoon and having people ask what's my level of worry like i don't know man let's see what happens because like coming into today all if the this news were week on... six we wouldn't be in it right we're just so right. thirsty we're so thirsty and all of like look let's look at just got got roto world up right now and let's go through the, the headlines of the blurbs leading into today okay odell beckham not concerned about his hip injury odell beckham hip resumed practicing in team drills <laughs> on monday Next one, number three, Coach Freddie Kitchens confirmed Odell Beckham, hip, is ready to go for week one against the Titans. And then, uh, you know, Odell says something today where he's like, yeah, makes some freaking car analogy and says, I haven't opened up in sprinting. And now we're all losing our minds. Exactly. Like, relax. It's going to be okay. It's going to be Until fine. it's not. Until it's not. And then sure. you adjust because that is what we do when That's, we play fantasy football. That right. is why a waiver wire exists. That is why you listen to our content continuously throughout the season and you don't give up after week 10 because you're that kind of person who continues to set a lineup. And we like to get your uh, your downloads. And, yeah, exactly. Correct. <laughs> and you can play daily fantasy here on Yahoo Sports. Yay. Play best ball for 2020. <laughs> it's Thursday. <laughs> the game's on Sunday. We've got some time to collect more information. Uh Unwedgie yourself and let's go. LFG. Um, you know who else might not go? Sure. Who is it? Julio Jones. <laughs> He's got some ish because he watched, yeah. uh, you know, he watched Zeke get paid and he was like, wait, wait, wait. What about me? This is kind of my deal. Like, why? This is how I do it every year. Hopefully nobody has their like kid tweeting pictures of him like we did last year. Some newscasters idiot kid like not. Remember that? No. Like Julio wanted to get an extension or something. And some oh, newscasters yeah. like kid was like, I'm no longer a fan of Julio oh, Jones. And I'm right, like, oh, cool. He's not holding, also, yeah. guess what? Santa Claus isn't real. Yeah. <laughs> you want to cry? Yeah, now you can cry. Grow up, twerp. Yeah. I put a bike together at like midnight on Christmas Eve because Santa Claus isn't real. Anyway, that's a mom take. So <laughs> <laughs> um, Julio Jones may or may not play. I think the level of panic is super high because it is week one because we are heading into this season um 
It is a little bit concerning that the report I read from the beat writer said that Julio was either going through something emotional or physical, which I think is a lot. Aren't, for we, aren't we all? Sometimes I'm, I'm both. Some t- sure. Yes. Sometimes both. But for a reporter to add that extra layer, which is not normally there, I do think that was a little bit gave me a moment. But you said that you read a report saying he was definitely going to be out there. Jones says, <laughs> so dumb. Uh, he said he might not suit up for Sunday's opener, but he planned to play, which, okay, that doesn't really. That doesn't really illuminate much. I mean, I plan to come to work in my pajamas. Is that the same thing? Like, am I allowed to come to work in my pajamas but still play instead of my, like, outfit? Probably not. <laughs> probably I'd, not this week. I'd, I'd say you should probably show. I mean, it's week one. You maybe maybe show up in your real clothes. Maybe week 11, then you show up. But oh, You guys, I have some really comfy PJs. Um, all right. So we think he's going to play. If he doesn't, let's just lean into the narrative here, Matt. I know how much you hate doing it. You're such a disruptor. Let's do it. I'm leaning. Oh, I said lean in. Oops. Sorry, guys. You can drink now. Let's assume he doesn't play. What are you doing to Calvin Ridley? I will tell you now that I have dropped him two whole spots to my wide receiver 30 from 28. Well. Probably a bit of a knee jerk. I had myself a Kevin Ogletree moment, I admit. The catastrophe begins with the two spot <laughs> drop. Um, I mean, you know what? Anytime you lose a player like Julio Jones, it's 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 the whole situation where sometimes people slice gets bigger out of the pie, but the whole pie gets less delicious because you've lost a it's harder great player. Yeah, exactly. So we talked before we started recording, like he's might not be doing his typical role. Perhaps he gets guarded by a corner like Xavier Rhodes on Sunday, where he would have been guarded. Matchup is against other, Minnesota. Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, so. by some other player. I mean, to me, I think the good thing about the Stockton's offense is you pretty much know all the players. Like, there's not many ancillary guys. So I think the volume will probably be fine. I wouldn't adjust my expectations too much, just as you did. You dropped in two damn spots. <laughs> two whole spots. Austin Hooper, my tight end 11. You guys, it's really, we're very nervous. Um, if anything, this game, it would make me think, yeah, I think it's interesting. It's a it's a 48-point total projected right now. I could see this game going a couple different ways because I'm writing a piece for, you think it would be under that. Yeah. I mean, that, that's why I don't have a good read on it. And Jones would throw like another wrench into potentially going under because I'm writing a piece for Friday about like the things I'm, I'm most excited to see the big reveal on in week one. You know, again. We're going to talk a little bit about that later. Right. We've been talking about all this shit in the offseason about, you know, this, that, or the other. And then finally, like I said, it's going to get blown to hell right away in week one. One of them is this Vikings offense. Are they really going to be like, we have to run the ball 40 times a game for no reason? But do you think that that's going to be... So if Julio Jones is not on the field, is the impetus to play keep away as strong as it would have been were he on the field? Yeah, and, and or you could also argue that they will just go out against a defense that has some issues against running backs. You know, we've, Oh, oh you know, <laughs> it's NFL most. season. The Falcons <laughs> give up. <laughs> Brett, how do we not have a sound effect? Can we please, can we get a, an like, actual like boat bell? Like a, yeah. a sailor. I can work on bell? that. Yeah. yeah let's yes. get a sailor. Doc Every bell time here. we mention the amount of fantasy points that the Atlanta Falcons give away to the running back position via the air. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. <laughs> Although I will, I will say it's it's worth noting that I think last year like they actually horn. were. Um, no, they're still top three. I, well, they were top three, but they had been number one in all these years, and then finally uh, the Colts, I believe. Oh no, I, I take it back. 
I take it back. The Falcons did allow the most catches <laughs> to the running back last one week. year. There was there was one week where I was like, "Oh, the Colts gonna do it? They're gonna <laughs> they're gonna come for that title?" But they ended up tied second with the Philadelphia Eagles, and then the Falcons seven more than both teams. I think I think it was like Chris McCaffrey went out and caught like eighteen passes just to like catch him up on like the last week of the season or, or couple, one of the last couple weeks of the season. Thanks, CMC. You always doing your job out there, but anyway, so I think it just maybe you could also argue that you know they lean on the running back more, and then we get that data point because I, I think if the Falcons offense, I expect this offense to be really good um, they're facing a tough defense but if they came out you know with Jones and they're really pushing it downfield maybe that brings the Vikings out of their shell Kirk Cousins Stefan Diggs Adam Thielen. there's just a lot this is a game I have a tough read on in general Antonio Brown oh for God's sakes man he's a tough read in general but I love it every time Antonio Brown does something I hear my therapist say very clearly and very clearly yep when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. It continues, Matt. It continues. Here's your guy. <laughs> Here's your guy, the hardest worker nah, in the NFL. I mean, Look at him catch those tennis balls. The hardest worker in the NFL. Tell me about his success versus the hardest, coverage. The hardest player to like in the NFL. I mean, you were right dead on about this one, Liz. You should have trusted your instincts from the start. I'm, amen. That's why I keep hearing the mantra. Um, so he's probably going to be suspended. For yeah. at least one game. Like, in case you haven't been paying attention, he and Mike Mayock had it out. This, and, uh, P.S., Mike Mayock is the dad we all need but don't deserve. Yeah. Love yeah. him. I love also that, I mean, you made a good point in watching Hard Knocks about how this, everybody but Mayock is basically willing to bend over backwards and accommodate whatever the hell Brown wants to do because he is so sensational on the field. And Mike's like, no, nah, I was given a job and I'm going to do my damn job. And the rest of you can pl- go to f- off town and like not be grown-ups so i am on hashtag <laughs> team grown-up yeah i mean it it's just a disaster i bought I him think. in that stupid league that evans forced me to be in where i was like delirious yeah, uh, just spending money to make it end that auction league um and i like was just like you know what i'm gonna do this and i bought him and i'm even like i don't care if i ever have to play him i don't care yeah, I mean, I was actually, it made me think, I'm like, oh, I have Antonio Brown. I have him that one place. That's, I've had, I'm sure I have him on playing best ball teams, but, like, I don't have him anywhere in season-long league, which is just by happenstance because I was into drafting him in, like, the late second round. I mean, this is just, it's just a nightmare. Like, if the team goes after if the team goes after his $30 million in guaranteed money, which they which they totally can if they suspend him for conduct det- detrimental to the team, it's over. I mean, he he's gone. He'll either retire or no, they he'll can become cut a cowboy. I with what money? <laughs> I can't. I cannot. So scoop up those Tyrell Williams. That's your guy. So I'll give yeah. you props there. Scoop up those Ty- Tyrell Williams shares if you have them. If you're in a ten teamer and you're listening to this, woo! By the way, drafted my first ten team league. Oh my god, it was better than Coke. It was fantastic. <laughs> Holy <laughs> sh! You're like, right though. <laughs> Look at all these players. What? Yeah. Um, Look at this. This this third fourth round turn is juicy. Lenny Paxton, don't listen to that. Mommy's never done anything like that. Also, Hunter Renfro, get those shares too. Maybe some Jalen Richard. Now I'm getting more and more interested in some Jalen Richard too. Well, Darren Waller too. Sure. I mean, this, we've been talking about him a lot though. I don't think he's available. Yeah. The the problem is though, this comes back to what I just Bad said about offenses. Julio Jones, which oh. is. 
the everybody's slice is going to get bigger, but the whole pie gets smaller. I think Tyrell Williams is talented enough, and I think that Hunter Renfro is talented enough and matches a skill set that complements Derek Carr's enough that those two in particular can be. Right. What I was saying without saying it was, I totally agree, maybe not going all the way down the totem pole to freaking Jalen Richard. Um, but point being just that, like, I agree with I you mean, about Tyrell because Williams. Because this kid could have chicken pox and he could like sit out a bunch of weeks. Yep. <laughs> I mean, he might have an emergency <laughs> situation. Um, but like Tyrell Williams, we've seen him in this scenario before when he had to step in and be the pseudo number one when Keenan Allen went down in 2016. And he had a great, a legitimately great season, like stats, film, whatever. Like if you don't think Tyrell Williams is good, then you're, you're yeah. a clown. Yeah. Get I mean, here. so yeah, I, I was already drafting a ton of Tyrell Williams. I think he's like only owned in 9% of Yahoo leagues. So that's wild. That is wild. And that Thanks is why for listening. <laughs> you should pick him up. <laughs> well, to be fair, AB's been, yeah. you know, clouding a lot of the coverage here. So you wouldn't I, know anyone else on that. That's the man. Hard Knocks. Well, you should from Hard Knocks. But that was a horrible season. I agree. I stopped watching. I didn't I watch did either the last two episodes. Me too. Yeah. I gave up. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, this is the Antonio you Brown show. And I know how this ends. I got Yahoo Sports <laughs> alerts on my phone. I don't need to watch this show. It's the same thing. There you go. In real time. All right. Um, we're joined by an awesome guest. He knows a lot more. And he is much more of an adult than either Matt or I. Let's talk to him. Andy Barons is here. Hello, Andy. Welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. How have you been? How's your summer? Hello. Uh, it's good to it's good to join you. Uh, I, my summer was great. I kind of like I'm really excited for the NFL season to start, but I also don't want this magical Raiders preseason to ever end. So it's, <laughs> it's I'm, perfect, I'm a little torn. It's a perfect a little transition. Torn. It has been delicious, hasn't it? <laughs> it's been like. I, I feel like, you know, young fantasy experts like you guys, you don't you don't know how boring a preseason can be sometimes. Like there are years where all we're talking about is whether Lendell White is going to get more carries than Chris Johnson or if Eddie Lacy looks a little husky or whatever. <laughs> but this is just incredible. We have a wide receiver one freezing off his feet. We got um, <laughs> I, it's just things. it's just magical. So you're it's telling us not to magical. complain. Is that it, Andy? Stop your complaining. No. No, it will never get this good again. It's never been this good. I mean, like, sometimes the Patriots cheat a little bit. But um, <laughs> other than that, like, it's never been this good. Awesome. Well, uh, on that note, I don't think you were being sarcastic in the slightest. I believe in your sincerity completely. So let's do the reverse of that and get super hyperbolic and hear your wildest prediction for 2019. We're actually all going to go. But since you're the guest, you get to go first. Oh, well, I appreciate that honor. Um, I'm going to go with super familiar face. I'm going to say Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald, who nobody wants in drafts, is going to lead the NFL in receptions. It won't be the first time that he will have done it. This is totally, obviously, the whole the whole offense is a wild card, right? It could go a lot of different directions. It could be really bad, but it's going to be a really fun experiment. Fitzgerald, any time in his career that he has even league average quarterback play, uh, tends to tends to catch 90 plus passes, right? Like before last season, the three prior years, it was 109 catches, 107 catches, 109. He's still good. They paid him 11 million bucks. He's perfectly healthy coming into the season. If this offense is really going to throw the ball 600 plus times, and we think it will, um, he's going to get 100 of those. And again, he's been not free in drafts, but he's been super low cost in drafts. Stunned silence. I mean, it, unbelievable, right? Larry Fitzgerald leading the NFL in receptions. <laughs> I just think that neither one of us 
necessarily disagree. Yeah, I mean, your 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 reasoning is sound. Like you said, last done- year, I think I know why Andy picked this. Okay, because last year, did you know that Larry Fitzgerald had sixty nine receptions? Very nice. Yeah, very nice. Well done, is. Mr. Barron's way to get sneaky. Yeah. It does not surprise me. I don't know. I think leading the NFL in catches is perhaps uh, hyperbolic, yes. but that was the assignment. Certainly leading his team in reception seems like a foregone conclusion. Well within the yeah, range pre- of possible outcomes. Predicting like any one single player. I don't know. It's probably DeAndre Hopkins, right? If I really had to bet on one player, you'd always take the field in a situation like this. But uh, but I do feel like he's been kind of forgotten man in drafts. We take him as barely a wide receiver three in a lot of leagues. And nobody's ever excited to take Larry Fitzgerald. But man, uh, I see no reason he can't catch 100. I think the thing about Larry Fitzgerald is that, you know, his draft costs never really adjusted to the fact that I think a lot of people came into into fantasy draft season thinking, okay, yeah, they're going to run a lot of four wide sets here in Arizona. Like, let's give a boost to Christian Kirk. Let's give a boost to Kyler Murray, to David Johnson. Yeah. And like, let's keep Larry Fitzgerald afloat. But let's not forget that they drafted Andy Isabella. They drafted Hakeem Butler. Remember that guy? <laughs> like, uh, and you know. Quinoa? But, yeah. What do we call him? Couscous or quinoa? Oh, no, that was that was Kelvin that was Harmon. Kelvin Harmon. <laughs> and so anyways, yeah, I mean. People thought these guys are going to come snip away at his heels. Uh, that's not going to happen. Like, Hakeem Butler, not going to play this year. Andy Isabella, maybe. But, I mean, we got Michael, we got freaking Michael Crabtree. Larry Fitzgerald no, is no longer right. the closest player to washed up in this receiver core. <laughs> <laughs> well done. The other fun thing to watch with Fitzgerald, I'll say, is that uh, if he actually plays, like, two more seasons beyond this one, he's going to catch Jerry Rice in the career reception list. Like, he's right there. All right, two more seasons that we have to have this uh, conversation about him being undervalued. Fantastic. (laughs) Probably, though, for real. Um, So I'm going to make a hyperbolic. I'm going to go. You all know how I love the deep, deep sleepers. And I know this one's probably going to bite me in the way that Maurice Harris did. However, I can't resist. Not that bad. We all have our soft spots. And mine is an undrafted giant receiver, this time on potentially one of the worst offenses in the league. Um, (laughs) Way to sell it. (laughs) Damian Willis, I predict, will score more touchdowns in 2019 than A.J. Green did in 2018, which is six. Now, for those of you who may not have dug so deep, Damian Willis is an undrafted ex-receiver out of Troy, that is a team that plays in Alabama. Yep. He came from East Mississippi Community College. He's probably best known for his role in the Netflix series Last Chance You. <laughs> Stop your laughing. I'm going to come over there and kill you. It's not even, it, it is week one, and Matt Harmon and I are not going to survive the season, guys. So, according to Bengals.com's very reliable source, not at all biased, um, he is expected. <laughs> He's expected to be the X receiver while A.J. Green is out. I know you're like, Loza, what? But you will not. Well, maybe Matt will believe. Maybe Andy will believe the amount of time I spent watching Troy Trojans tape. You know I like to stay up late at night and watch tape. I was Oh, up. huge Sunbelt fan. Yeah. <laughs> oh so my. in his last year at Troy... His st- he produced a 56, 876, 10 stat line. He's six foot three, 204 pounds, nice big target. Um, he can track the ball well. I'm serious. Watch the tape. You will see it. He can high point it even better. He c- will work as a deep threat. 
He will replace A.J. Green, who's out to start the season. Don't even at me about John Ross. I don't want to hear it. He's not, Damian Willis, a burner. Four, five, six, four, five speed. So he's not fast. He is raw, but he is much more athletic than his workout numbers will imply. Um, he has nice, ba- uh, nice ball skills, boundary awareness, and also somebody needs to catch touchdowns. Zach Taylor is being installed into this offense for the first time. This offense will change since what uh, 2003, I think. Right for 15 years, we're going to see something <laughs> different. So I'm sorry, Stanley Morgan Jr. and by extension Matt Harmon. Give me Damian Willis. Watch this kid fly. And by fly, I mean do some stuff once in a while. Catch seven touchdowns. Six. <laughs> well, you, okay, so A.J. Green had six last year. Fine. So, so he's going to so catch seven, seven. touchdowns. Dante Moncrief and Damian Willis will have the exact same number of touchdowns in 2019. I mean, it's it's really bold of you to cape up for the guy who they're starting just so they can keep John Ross off the field. It's, that's... <laughs> Which, by the way, John Ross, part of an old regime, though, has never has never returned on investment. Zach Taylor. Oh, like, think about Andy Dalton. I am not kidding you guys. Like, I did watch hours, maybe 90 minutes of, of Troy tape. So there, it's not the easiest to find also. So I spent a good amount of that time Googling Troy. <laughs> so, so you didn't watch the tape for 90 minutes. You spent 90 minutes on the exercise. Um, but he really can high point. <laughs> it's like when you go to the gym and you're like, I've been at the gym for an hour and a half, and like you, you spend thirty minutes waiting, thirty for minutes the treadmill. scrolling on Instagram. <laughs> no, who does that? People do um, that. I watched some of his work, his seven on seven work at Bengals preseason camp. Seven on seven. You're watching seven I on mean, seven. Listen, I am. De- I'm a dedicated student of the craft, and I think everyone is just because of his draft pedigree or lack thereof, they're writing him off, and I'm not. I don't someone has to catch touchdowns and Tyler Eifert is not someone I feel like is reliable and I don't expect AJ Green to be back until like week 8, week 10. I mean, I think the Bengals might score 7 touchdowns all year and they're as an all going to belong to DW. <laughs> now, baby. Uh, I I thought about, I actually thought about texting this to you Liz uh when I did this the other day, but I decided I was going to save it as an olive branch on the podcast right now. Um cause when I saw you were going to talk about a Bengals receiver I dropped John Ross and Scott Fishbowl because I'm like, oh, my God, remember Scott Fishbowl? We have those lineups that we drafted in, in July. And I see that you are just now remembering this as well, Liz. Uh, but I dropped I dropped John Ross for one Chris Conley yesterday, and I thought of you as I oh, did. Oh, all right. You were there for that too, Andy. Chris Conley. Um, yeah, I was. I was there for the Chris Conley love. <laughs> I still think about it. Oh, just um, wait. We got more I, coming. Like, I will say the thing that I like about this is if you work backwards from like however many touchdown passes you think Andy Dalton's going to throw 24, 26, whatever it is, it's not it's not that difficult to find six or seven for Willis. Uh, He's going to have to binge uh, once or twice early in the season, at which point he'll become like a super hot pickup who then goes like one for eight yards the next week. But um, but I can like this is imaginable. I can see this. He's like the 2019 David Moore. And yeah. Right. Yeah, that I can see. I could see that. All right. Yeah. So, Matt, you got some stuff. Let's go. Yeah. Mine has to do with a player that we talked about not being able to run at the beginning <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> and I think and I think that receiver, Odell Beckham, I think he scores 20 plus touchdowns this year. Obviously, this would mean he stays healthy for 16 games, most likely at least 15. Let's give him 15. He takes one off for, you know, whatever reason. Um, but I have been utterly obsessed with his upside I think sometimes the right answers in fantasy can often just be let me find 
like the right offense, you know, and let me just hammer players from that offense. And for me, that has been the Browns this offseason. You know, I've been perfectly content going um, Odell Beckham in round one and then round two Nick Chubb or the reverse of that going, you know, those two players like and I think. This offense clicks. I think they I think they get it right. I think Baker Mayfield takes that jump from like exciting young quarterback to one of the seven or eight best quarterbacks in the NFL because he just becomes that good. I really do think people have almost forgotten that Odell Beckham is like a legendary talent and he's getting such a tremendous upgrade at the quarterback position that I do think 20 plus touchdowns is with it's it's at the peak range that's a record breaking yeah it's it would be well it'd be pushing Randy Moss's record right but But it it has happened twice in NFL history exactly Rice and Moss yeah and maybe it's this isn't the year that Odell Beckham does it maybe maybe it's next year with the Browns but yes I'm I think that that is for a hyperbolic prediction, I think that that's, that's insane. I think that's, that's with, super big. I think that's within, but I really think that it's this within is within his range of possible. Yes, outcomes? Is, this is the this is the confluence of that type of events. This is look Baker Mayfield is not Tom Brady, obviously, but Beckham is in his prime, whereas Moss was in sort of the beginning of the twilight of his career when he went and broke that record with the New England Patriots. I think this offense is just that talented and I think I believe in the play caller I believe in the game coordinator and Todd Monk and I think all of the situations are here for something incredibly special and I'm willing to be open to the spectacular here I I am mostly stunned because Matt Matt is the math guy so I mean I'm just going Antonio Brown had 15 TDs last year like that I am stunned because this prediction, dear listeners, is very telling of Matt's passion for and belief in the Browns offense. So now, every time he talks about the Browns offense, I want you to file away this little tidbit, which is wildly illuminating about how he's approaching his analysis of the team in general. Yes. I mean, look, that's think about think about times when Aaron Rodgers has had the best offenses in the league and it's like hey who had Aaron Rodgers Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams and Jermichael Finley on their fantasy teams those people won their <laughs> leagues hey who had Peyton Manning Demarius Thomas Eric Decker on their fantasy teams like those are the ones that won the league or Julius Thomas or something like that and like I think it gets a little tough at the ancillary players, although I've completely like bought into Richard Higgins as like a breakout player, like because I've been waiting for that moment and here we are. I think this is it. Like I'm willing to just go heavy on Browns because I think this offense could be that type of special unit. Yeah, there's no question he's he's getting a quarterback upgrade. Uh and, and I don't even know that we've like discussed that enough as a as a fantasy community, right? Like Baker Mayfield in year two could maybe be orders of magnitude better than than Eli Manning. I mean, so could that, be. Like, even, so even year well. one, Baker Mayfield is better yeah. than anything we've seen out of Manning the last five years. I love the ceiling here. I'm just, parti- I, I also believe in this defense. I believe yeah. in, in Miles Garrett and Sheldon Richardson and their ability and Greedy Williams and um, their ability to make things happen. And I just feel like if this defense does turn it over, then the that caps the ceiling for OBJ a little bit. Potentially. But I love, I dig it. Feels we should have a weekly countdown to twenty on uh, Fantasy Football Live this year. That'd be fun. All right, just unveil a new number each week. Who's, who's going to be the one to text Brandon Velasco that I'm not? I'm out. No, thank you. <laughs> With a very late change. No. <laughs> um. All right. So, Andy, why don't you give us your second hyperbolic prediction for 2019? 
Okay, this is not nearly as bold as uh, Odell Beckham doing something that has only been done a couple times in NFL history. Because um, what I'm going to predict is something that happens every year, and that is uh, somebody winning the rushing title. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say that Chris Carson wins the rushing title this year. And this is also not bold because Seattle actually led the NFL in total rushing yards last year. So maybe predicting their lead back to, uh, to win the rushing crown doesn't seem like that bold a thing. Um, but Zeke Elliott has actually led the league in rushing yards per game in every season of his career. He's obviously back. He would probably be the favorite. Um, there's just, there's just so many carries to go around. And I don't like, even if you worry about Rashad Penny, like you can give Penny, I don't know, 180, 200 carries. You can give Russell Wilson his 70 carries and there's still like 280 left over for Chris Carson, right? Like the, the volume here of the total offense is, is just so, so good for fantasy purposes. They're one of only two teams that ran the ball more than they threw it last year. I see no reason why that is going to change. All Carson really has to do is stay healthy, and he's basically a lock for 1,300 rushing yards. Uh, you know, if he produces at the level that he did as efficiently as he did last season, I think he can get 1,400 win the title. Well, Carson was fifth in the NFL in rushing last year and playing 14 games. So, I mean, it's, yeah, this one, this one is, I think of all of these predictions this one is the most plausible I, I think the reason it's still hyperbolic is because people are like oh who, who's Chris Carson but yeah I mean Carson's been Carson has been good since he's been in the NFL he does get hurt yes but the His good news- draft pedigree isn't that great yes and he doesn't just get hurt. He's had injury history that went back to his college career. So there sure. is a I think I, I'm not disagreeing yeah. with the with the prediction, but I am just pointing out why it remains hyperbolic. The good news for you two is that actually both of your predictions can get off to a hot start in week one because the Seahawks are 10-point home favorites against the Bengals in week one. So while Carson uh, drops, you know, 35 for 203 on them, you know, in just complete positive game script, while the Bengals are just, you know, getting curb-stomping in in garbage time, just (laughs) chucking a couple TDs to Willis. There's no quarterback you want to see push harder than Andy Dalton, (laughs) by the way. It's just a surefire because, (laughs) you know what, it will only highlight how much... Willis can bail out a quarterback with his amazing catch radius. Boom! Also, to Andy's point and to Matt's point, week one DFS, if you feel like playing, Carson is an excellent buy at just $23. Yeah, I should have gone wire to wire rushing title for Chris Carson. You're right. (laughs) So my second prediction isn't nearly as bold as my last one was either, but it is about a player coming off of an ACL. I want to talk about Jimmy G, who I think could potentially be the 2019 comeback player of the year. And I think he finishes as a top 12 fantasy quarterback. And I have him ranked as a top 10 quarterback in week one. I, like, listen, am I probably overvaluing his matchup in week one and extrapolating that out throughout the year? Sure. I, I am, but when you get the Bucks in week one and you're coming off of an ACL, what better opportunity to shake off Russ than against that piece of, you know what, defense? Like, Vita Vea, he may or may not play. He's it's coming like a off a knee thing. Anyways. Right, Who cares? Like, and JPP is off, like, trying to audition for the reboot of Jackass, so that's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> <laughs> like this secondary was ranked 32nd by PFF heading into this heading into the season. Uh, Vernon Hargraves might be the biggest bust, most recent at least that the franchise has seen. So, like, I just think that Jimmy G is going to get off to a hot start, and the matchup bodes well for that. And I love, 
where the momentum that he can pick up that he started in 2017. I love that Kyle Shanahan can do some stuff. I love that George Kittle can pad his stats after the catch. I love that Dante Pettis, who he gets past his groin thing, can do that. I got Marquise Goodwin as a top 35 wide receiver sleeper this week. I just think he's going to start off really hot, and my hope is that he can continue to move forward with that same momentum. I don't think it's that crazy. No, I mean, we've seen his potential in this offense before, and I think that it's also worth noting, like, in the 2017 season when Garoppolo, like, again, which, Liz, I think you and I have said, like, don't forget about that. Like, that week was 12. awesome. You know, like, week 17. he was also playing with a bunch of, you know, Marquise Goodwin and a bunch of goofballs. Like, the 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 guys around him are so much better. Now, We li- I think everyone here likes Pettis. Um, I like Pettis. I like Marquise Goodwin a lot. The, like, depth there is clearly much more talented. And George Kittle is a superstar. Andy, I mean... This is basically. Yeah, I like for you. the. I mean, I like the rookies too. Yeah, yeah. like Debo's. Debo's going to be good. Jalen Hurd is going to be good. Uh, not healthy right now, but down the road, like that's a guy you can see as a prime red zone target. And I'm I'm rooting for this because if it you know if it comes to pass, that means all my Kittle shares are are paying off. All right, Matt, why don't you finish us up with some bold predictions? My final one has to do with a rookie running back, um, and I think Miles Sanders outscores does doesn't just outscore David Montgomery, who by the way. He finished ADP 10 spots behind Montgomery. Uh, Miles Sanders ended up being the running back 27. David Montgomery was all the way up at running back 17. I think Miles Sanders outscores him, and he finishes as a top 15 running back. And the finish as a top 10, top 15 running back basically just admits, like, attrition. Like, other people will get injured, and hopefully Sanders does not. However, my enthusiasm for this player has grown throughout the offseason, and it came to a fever pitch yesterday. And I realize I'm going to talk out of both sides of myself here. Um, out of your mouth and out yourself. Well, you never know. Um, I, I th- <laughs> Elimination nation. <laughs> it's a long – yeah, damn right. It's a long season. Uh, I think that the fact that the Eagles were willing – like they made a trade offer for Melvin Gordon. This is where right? I wanted to go, yeah. They made a trade offer for Melvin Gordon, but included in that package is Jordan Howard. Like, I know they they obviously realized that the the Chargers were probably going to decline that offer. But then they go ahead and and the player they include there is Jordan Howard. If you really think Jordan Howard is going to be a big part of the committee, you're not putting him in trade packages But aren't you nervous that they don't have enough confidence in Sanders that they're going to try to get Gordon? No, I just think that just shows Howie Roseman, you know, being a general... Lord of the value, which is like, okay, they're what they would let me tell you what they would definitely not do. You tell me what I'll tell you what, Liz. They're not going to come in and then trade for Melvin Gordon and then like extend him. They would have rented him for a year and then kicked him to the curb after this year. That's just how he's trying to upgrade the 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 running back position, which sure, like I, again, maybe that does say like, yeah, there it's going to be a committee approach. I know Peterson said it's going to be a committee approach, but I think Sanders could just he's the best back they've had in the Peterson era for sure. I think he could end up just dominating this back. And I, again, I think he gets off to a great start in week one too. Eagles ten point favorites over uh damn Washington. I think that Sanders could be a part of just going wild, you know, in this game. And and again, I think it just takes one sort of. Nick Chubb-esque can't put the toothpaste back in the toothpaste bottle thing. Uh, tube. It's a tube. Tube. That damn it. That's the word I was the looking tube. for. Can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. 
And it, it's just out there. Sanders thing. is, I don't know, man. You know, sometimes you got that organic toothpaste with, with the bottles. I don't know. <laughs> the Toms. Yeah, the Toms. Hate the Toms. Thanks. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. Andy, how do you think Brad Evans is going to handle this? Yeah, it's it's good that Brad is not. I mean, for a variety of reasons, I'm sure it's good that Brad's <laughs> not on this pod. But um, especially for this one. Yeah. Like, obviously, David Montgomery is his, is his pet. He loves him like a little kitten. Um, I, I actually have more Sanders shares than I do Montgomery, mostly because Brad is in so damn many of my drafts and auctions. That's a fair point. Um, but I can like you can see this one. If the if the Eagles come anywhere close to their ceiling as an offense, um, then Sanders doesn't need to be the, you know, featured full workload running back. He can get like a 60 percent share, maybe a 55 percent share and still score 10, 11 touchdowns. That almost always puts somebody uh, in the top 15 running backs. So this is, I mean, this is pretty solid. Um, and, and he is clearly, at least to my eye, the, the liveliest runner they have, the best option they have. Uh, I totally agree with you on the, on the Jordan Howard trade offer. That was just like a kick the tires offer on Melvin Gordon. And if you can upgrade like any position on your roster and, and from all reports, it was like a mid mid round pick for mid round pick sort of thing. Uh, if they were just unhappy with Gordon, like I, like I get making that offer that doesn't say anything about how happy they are with Sanders. I also think the ancillary pieces in Philadelphia aren't as, um, versatile and talented as Tariq Cohen is in Chicago. I mean, Corey Clement, right. Cute Super Bowl, but like didn't do anything last year. Is Smallwood still on this team? Smallwood is Washington. Is that where he landed? I mean, it doesn't really matter. Who cares about Wendell Smallwood? Uh, but like Darren Sproles, is, he's, he's still kicking around. Like, give me a break. You know, I, he did I, end up with Washington, by the way. Sick. Uh, I can't wait to talk about him as a waiver wire pickup. When, <laughs> when Chris Thompson goes down. <laughs> Chris Thompson <laughs> oh. goes down. Isn't it funny? Like, this, we know what's going to happen. We already know what's, what's going to happen. Like, what's, what's even the point of the season, you know? All right. Well, the point of the season is to learn and to do the thing we love because we have dream jobs. And because the season is starting, I want each of us to pick one game that y'all have been looking forward to all summer. Andy, again, guest, you go first. Bold of Andy, by the way, to pick uh, one of these teams to be looking forward to all summer. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm uh, I- I'm picking like a game a game that has almost no real life appeal right like nobody's interested in in Detroit at Arizona these are like last place teams playing out a last place schedule and all that um but the question going into the season i think is what the hell does any of this look like in Arizona right right like could be a super fun offense um in, in theory th- this is going to be great they're going to play fast um they're going to have four and five receivers on the field all the time they're going to get david johnson's mojo back um can the line block any of it they may not have to block for long if they get the ball out quick right like how good is kyler murray is he big enough there's like there's nothing but questions here everything is new um everything except for fitzgerald johnson like everything else is new um which almost never works in the nfl right like the first especially the first half of the season when you've got a new coach new quarterback new receivers new a lot of stuff uh it often face plants but uh this is the this is the game that i'm going to be on for sure and it's not a particularly demanding matchup in week one but then it gets really tough really quickly uh after detroit I think they've got Baltimore and then they've got Carolina. So the degree of difficulty goes way up. And if it's a, you know, if we get sort of that version of Kyler Murray that we saw in the last preseason game, that's a really fun, super fantasy friendly offense. Um, but if it sputters at all, then the first month could could really be hell. Yeah, I mean, this it's a pretty big 
reveal overall for I mean, yeah, this is you're totally right. This is one of the big questions. And and I think week one's important. And, uh, you know, this this Detroit team, I think you're kind of hoping if you're rolling out Kyler Murray in week one, which people want to do. <laughs> You're rolling them out in week one. You're hoping for kind of the Chip Kelly effect where it's not like, oh, new new team needs to gel. It's like new, totally new team catches everybody off guard. It's the Kyle Shanahan. It's the RG3. I mean, that's what you're hoping for here. And you're also hoping that Detroit isn't wanting to play keep away the whole time. This is my biggest concerns. You know, Um, they would never. Matt Patricia would never want to do that. (laughs) Run control offense. Um. I so I have two, but I'm going to start with the Sunday night game, which in theory later in the week I'm supposed to not care about. But right now I care about tremendously. And it's the Pittsburgh at New England game, because, again, there are tons of questions here. I want to know what is Juju doing? How successful is he? Where is he lining up most consistently? Is he being moved all over the field? What do what does the backfield look like for Pittsburgh? How many touches is James Conner getting? Is Jalen Samuels being rotated in? I mean, this game has, I think, the second or third highest uh, projected point total, according to Vegas, of the entire slate of games for week one. So there should be a good amount of back and forth between these two teams. That should illuminate a lot for us as well. Also, like Pittsburgh's defense should be so good this year. It should, I mean, finally come together. Um, I want to see if that's possible. And I also want to see on the other side of things, the New England side of things, what is Josh Gordon doing? Is there any rust? How is his rapport with Tom Brady? Is he able to pick up where he left off? Um, So those are big concerns of mine. And, you know, I want to see if Sony Michelle can stay healthy the whole time, too, or we're going to see the rookie. Demarius Thomas. Get out of here with it. Demarius Thomas snap count not allow you to gaslight me again. To it, come on. Nope. 11 personnel. No. Demarius Thomas out there. Andy, what are your thoughts on the Sunday night matchup? That is my Maybe do that's not your care. Don't that care. is my do not care. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we just have huge questions on both sides. For teams that it feels like we should know really well, um, we kind of don't. Like, what is the target distribution going to be for New England? Um, and then the the backfield situation for Pittsburgh, it sure seems to me like Connor is is just the number one. But there was some talk of Samuels and him on the field simultaneously. How often are we going to see that? Is Vance McDonald a thing? Were they just lying to us when they told us that Vance McDonald's role wasn't really going to grow? Right. Like Girl, I, seven you know, receptions bet- for over 70 yards. That's my fearless forecast for for Vance. McDonald. I, I have been in drafts where he's the fourth tight end off the off the board. So there's some excitement in the community for Vance McDonald. Like, um, what is that going to look like? And is he really going to play uh, as little as they as they say? I'm going to throw a little bit of love to the Chiefs at Jacksonville game, too. Um, not so much. Well, I am interested to see how the Chiefs defense does, but I don't think Jacksonville is going to be that much of a test. Um, you got the Honey Badger back there again. So that is an interesting piece. Um, I am mostly concerned. I'm not concerned. I am mostly interested to see how Flip comes into this offense. I don't think it's been talked enough about that a, an OC that got fired for not wanting the, to run the ball is now going to be calling the plays and potentially one of the most conservative offense in the league. And yes. I want to see how that meshes. I own a lot of Leonard Fournette. I don't know how that happened, but sometimes you just quit, can't quit something. And I guess that's that's my ish. So um, I, I want to see how that um Shakes out. And of course, I'm waiting for Chris Conley to have his damn revenge game. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) I, it completely slipped my mind that, that, thank, (laughs) 
thank God for you, Liz Loza, that I have just been reminded that this <laughs> is a revenge game for Chris Conley. Everyone's out there talking about, you know, the 10,000th revenge game for Deshaun Jackson, but not here. Nope. Not here. We are talking revenge game for Chris Conley. Stop. <laughs> Chris. I got to think of a good middle name. I'll get there by Sunday. Conley. <laughs> by Sunday. All right, Matt, take us home with the your... Our L.A. Rams versus your Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I mean, this one is the the obvious, like, reveal that we're waiting for in this one is Todd Gurley. You know, McVay, McVay says he's not on a pitch count, right? We'll see. Uh, I know that that's one of our over-under lines for Fantasy Football Live is how many touches he gets. Um, I have said that I could see this going so many different ways with Todd Gurley. You know, I could see him being a slow starter but a fast finisher. A fast starter, but a slow finisher, which is essentially what we got last year. Or just all year long, it's, you know, a, a, a spotty situation. And let me tell you, like, the guys behind him, Malcolm Brown, who I still don't understand why there was, like, 50 draft spots between Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson. People forgetting all, about that offer sheet. All, all off season, you know, Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson to an extent, too. Like, their values could drastically change based on what happens in this game. Like if Gurley comes out there and he gets 12 touches, and even if Malcolm Brown gets eight or Daryl Henderson gets five, you're going to want to find have that revelation come true with Malcolm Brown on your roster. So if he's out there, I would recommend like dropping some Adam Humphreys pile of garbage type and grabbing a nice <laughs> upside Malcolm Brown or whatever. And also, so that's the big question on, on the Rams side. And then on the Panthers side too, there's still I, I still think this offense in Carolina is a pretty big reveal in and of itself as well. Like, what does the receiver duties look like, you know, between Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore? I think, look, I've spent all offseason honking about Curtis Samuel, but I think DJ Moore might have the better matchup this week because look at who's on the middle of the field for the Rams. Obviously, Nikel Roby Coleman's a quality slot corner, but they lost LaMarcus Joyner, who chips in as a nickel every now and again this offseason. They're running Clay Matthews out there in his 100th NFL season. Give me a break. So I think like <laughs> middle of the field route runner DJ Moore, that could be a specialty place for him. Obviously, what does Cam Newton look like coming off of an injury? But also just, again, this is the best. I've said it a million times. It's the best skill position group we've seen of them. And I think the Rams also got crushed by tight ends last year. So is Greg Olson a guy that could get off to a hot start as well? I mean, I think there's a lot to see in this game. All right. There is a lot we are excited for. Of course, if you want more information and more infotainment, you should tune into Fantasy Football Live now in its 15th season. Andy, have you been there for all 15? I have not been there for all 15. I believe Brad has. I've been, uh, I, I was kind of on the fringes of it for a while, but I've really been in it for, I don't know, seven years, something like that, eight years. Seven God years. Knows. I'm entering my fifth season with the cast and Matt is entering his second season. Matt and I will be holding things down as the social disruptors. That is not at all something that should ever be repeated. Yeah, um, let's not do that from again. From Playa. And uh, Brad and Andy and Amanda Borges and Tank will be analyzing all the things from our main studio in Sunnyvale. So check us out on Yahoo Sports and, of course, Yahoo Fantasy. Download those two apps if you haven't already. And we will kick off 90 minutes before kickoff, and uh, it should be a good time. You can follow us on social at Yahoo Fantasy. You can follow me at Liz Loza underscore FF. You can follow Andy at Andy Barons. Yep. 
That's it. And at Andy Barons, and you can follow Matt at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. Andy, thanks so much for joining us. Do you want to have any parting words as our guest before I yell we out? Uh, don't forget to follow me on, on Instagram, too. Oh, great <laughs> point. <Instagram>. Great point. <laughs> God, by the way, that story you posted the other day, just incredible. <laughs> I thought about keeping that behind the paywall, but I thought I would give it to the, you know, all the people. What a generous guy. Only only twenty six ninety nine for a sub every year. Swipe up on Andy Barron's on the IG. Check us out everywhere else. We out. Happy football.